Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Everybody thinks they know and like, you know, I don't think anybody really knows, but it's interesting, I guess, spotter and conversation, but uh yeah, I, I don't care. I, I I don't have an NFL team. I was a Houston Oilers fan, so I no longer have a team. They don't exist anymore. They've gone the way of the uh, the Orlando Predators, as a, a call back to our pre-show conversation. Um, yeah, so I, it, it's just not. I, I don't know. I root for my fantasy players, I guess, and I don't. I just I, I can't get excited about the draft. I know people love this, and I think draft Twitter is the worst. I, I, there are some awesome names out there, though. I, I saw some amazing names. There's a quarterback named Greedy. How awesome is that? You excited about Greedy? greedy? The so dude's quarter. His he's a quarterback. You said or cornerback? Cornerback, which is perfect because you know, you're supposed to try to. <laughs> yeah. I can already see like conversations next year. Like this guy is going to be greedy, so we're going to pick on him. Get a pick or give up a touchdown. <laughs> this was my research. Uh, the extent of my NFL draft research, I was curious. Like, I'm like, there's no way in the world this is marketing. There's no way in the world this guy's real name is Greedy. He's like, he did it because he's a quarterback, and you know, it's clever, I guess. But apparently, that was like his childhood nickname. Like his grandma named him that, and like somehow his grandma knew that he was going to be a quarterback at some point. So there you go. And he, and then he went ahead and officially changed his name to, to Greedy. So good for him. Yeah, fair enough. There was a couple other ones out there too. Uh, a couple of their great names that I they're they're failing me, but uh, when I pull they're on the mock draft for what it's worth. But uh, you have to like like Cody Ford, right? That's a pretty solid name. Is that a quarterback? That's a solid one. Um, I think he's an offensive lineman. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. When I just turn my brain off for football in the off season, I don't I don't follow college football nearly as well as I did in the past. When there's no DFS uh, college football in in, in uh, Tennessee these days, and uh, you know I, I watch UCF and that's about it. So I mean just. Follow the national champs. What's the what? You know why? Why watch anybody else? Yeah, I you know the national champs. Yep. <laughs> hey, you're come on. You're in Florida. You should you should be on board. I absolutely hate UCF fans. They're <laughs> they're worse than Florida State fans. Like they are by far the worst fans. They go against like fans that are not used to winning. Like it, it's the worst. Like UCF is the worst fans. Oh, I can't stand it. Like I hate being in Orlando um, around that time of the year. Cause those fans are awful. We're just happy to be in the conversation. We want to be acknowledged. I mean, look, I think most of us get that that's like kind of a joke uh, and that it's marketing, you know, and it was really good marketing in my opinion, but like, I don't really think that the national, I mean, you know, to, to get behind to be, you know, it's fun to pretend, but obviously that they're not the national champs or they never were the national champs. But I get, I have one friend of mine who is under the delusion that because like one of the polls that one of the weird polls that like you've never heard of gave them the championship. But uh, I mean, obviously they weren't national champs, but it's fun to just play along. Rocky is by the way. Do you think a UCF player goes in the first round of the draft? I don't think so. No, because they're still not a real college. Oh, come on. Okay. So there's a Duke player. projected. <laughs> <laughs> that's who we're basing it off of it's got uh, his, I, I just like taking UCF. shots at UCF that's all I don't know why you don't like UCF we're just happy to be in the conversation and you're a Gator fan and how about this and you know this is true the Gators dodging and ducking UCF how embarrassing that's just shameful yeah you we want to play actual football teams we <clears> don't want to play UCF you you dodged this in the bowl game and, and then you, you said you'll no, play I wanted to, I wanted to play UCF in the bowl game so bad like you have no idea but well once our quarterback got hurt sure then we're vulnerable but oh and and by the way there is a Duke player that's supposed to go in the first round for what it's worth so you know the quarterback Daniel Jones like yeah that's what I was saying I was making the counterpoint that like there's actually a Duke quarterback that's a so like you're gonna say Duke is a real college ball program because I don't think it is uh, they but, do have a first-round pick, and UCF doesn't. So, <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, Blake Bortles went to UCF. What else do I need to say? I mean, greatest quarterback of all time, top five. Maybe? Yeah, is he in the NFL still? I think so. I don't know. 
least. I don't know if he has a starting job anymore. Probably not. Dante Culpepper? You remember him, right? I think so. He played for the Dolphins at one point, didn't he? He was terrible. Terrible. Was terrible yeah. the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I met him on campus one day. I'm dating myself now, too. Uh, I, he, I went to the game. He, they went and played Auburn in like uh, 98 or whatever it was. And, and uh, I, I went to the game, and he had four turnovers inside the 20, and UCF su- surprisingly only lost the game like 10-6 or something like that. I met him on campus like the, a day or two after the game, and then I ran into him. And I'm like, hey, man, great game. And I'm like, oh, why did I say that? He had played the worst game of his life. And, then, and he gave me his – I asked for his autograph on the, my ticket, and then I, I held on to it for a good 10, 15 years, and I lost it in one of my six or seven moves or something like that. I don't know. I'm getting nostalgic for that. But, Steve, this is what happens when we have a five-game slate. We're talking baseball. Uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, uh, feel free to like and subscribe to the baseball show where you get to talk baseball for the first nine minutes. But uh, don't worry. It's a five-gamer, and it's fairly straightforward, Stevie. Um yeah, uh, you know, super, super chalky offense, a bunch of good pitchers. They can't spread them out for us. Why can't they give us, like, two good ones this day, two good ones the next day? It does not work that way, unfortunately. Uh, we are continuing the uh, free RG giveaway, uh, a, a peak as far as premium every single day today. It's going to be uh, Kevin Ross Weather Edge, Weather Tool. Maybe we'll show that on the screen here. Just going to give you guys an idea what that is. But, Stevie, tell the people what that is. They know what it is. If they don't, well, you can give them a refresher. Yeah, so what Kevin Roth has done here um, is he's taking sample sizes of multiple weather scenarios in that range at that ballpark since 2000. And if I misspeak, I'm sorry, Roth, but he ever since 2000, and he's compiled that data. And you know, some of these games we're going to have a really large sample size, and we're going to be able to see how home runs and runs just in general have kind of produced in this type of weather and you know obviously there's a lot of variables that go into it you don't know who the pitchers were you don't know any of that stuff but once we start getting over like 60 70 80 games and we're seeing like today Detroit and Boston we have a minus 12 percent home run um, and and minus 2.4 percent total runs so over 100 games you know we're seeing 2.4 percent less runs scored in this type of weather it's just a little chilly in Boston and obviously, it just, it's going to make a, a more of a difference, I think, in the summertime. We're really going to be able to see the games that have the massive, um, you know, heat and humidity and all that stuff and just kind of see how, like, those games. Because in the cold weather, like in this time of the year, you kind of know what's going to happen as far as the weather goes. So um, I, I think it's interesting for sure. I pulled it up, uh, and there, like, nothing's really popping as far as the night games. So it's kind of worth noting uh, the game right now going down in Wrigley – uh, it had it at minus 27% as far as home run expectancy, uh, minus 11.5% as far as total runs, minus 11.3 as far as ERA based upon 77 games. And I pulled up the score. It's currently 2-0 in the eighth. So uh, the model wins and today. And that's just with with just five-mile-an-hour winds. Imagine when it's like 15-mile-an-hour winds blowing in. So it's just crazy. Keys to the slate, Stevie. We kind of talked about it briefly. Uh, you know, just kind of talking about the you know the slate today's five gamer. Uh, it's really, really straightforward as far as uh, the overall screenshot. Uh, we have some good pitchers going today, and we have Boston at home with a uh, projection of what five and a half runs against Jordan Zimmerman, who's not particularly good in the bullpen. So that's not particularly good. Uh, who are the players that we are featuring on? Let's talk to pitchers first. Sure, why not? Uh, a lot of studs here at the top. Trevor Bauer, obviously not the greatest matchup. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, but Nola uh, against the Marlins, any pitcher against the Marlins. I know Nola's not been uh, as good as you want him to be necessarily, but this seems like uh, a spot where I don't want to say can't miss. Also, I believe, uh, we'll pull it up, maybe pull it up later as far as on the lineup HQ. I'm fairly certain he's got a pitcher's umpire, an extreme pitcher's umpire, uh, if you need any more convincing as far as Nola. But I know he's somebody you want to talk about. Yeah, like not only is he getting the Marlins, he's getting six righties. Like the two lefties in the lineup, Curtis Granderson and Neil Walker. I know it's been a rocky start to the season for Aaron Nola, but this is a spot that he could get everything going and like he could go out and throw like seven really, really strong innings. So when we're looking at this spot, I think Aaron Nola is certainly, you know, my favorite pitcher on the day. That doesn't necessarily mean he has the most upside on the day, but combined with Price, and just pure, I don't even want to say floor because baseball, 
there's not really a floor with anybody, but just just factoring in everything, uh, I think Aaron Nola is my number one today. Um, and, and I think he's going to be really popular even with five games and, you know, seven or eight pitchers playable today. Yeah, pulling it up in the old plate IQ as far as the Marlins, uh, Granderson, this is the numbers based upon 2018 and 2019. 443 plate appearances for him, 27.3% striking out uh, against righties. Uh, that's obviously a big number leading off. You got Alfaro, he strikes out a ton too at 38%, give or take. Lewis Brinson, great to see him in the lineup because he strikes out uh, a pile as well. Uh, the lowest K guys for the Marlins, we got Rojas at the bottom at 13.8%. Prado, not a big K, strike, uh, K guy either, but collectively 24.1%. Uh, Nola, 26.6% the last two years. Uh, as far as his K percentage against lefties and righties, basically the same 26.5 versus righties, 26.8 versus lefties. Um, let's talk about the pivot, Stevie, because there are, and of course, on fans draft, on, on, uh, on Yahoo, on, on, on DK, everywhere, but basically FanDuel, you got to roll out two starting pitchers. Um, and there are some interesting step downs as far as uh, kind of in the mid tier, but as far as uh, contemporaries to, to a guy like Nola. We got Garrett Cole and uh, Trevor Bauer. Speak to uh, on Cole first. Yeah, both these guys in really good spots to just go out and, you know, have really good games. You know, Cole, a guy that is facing a Cleveland lineup that has really, really struggled to start the season. I know they're starting to get healthy. They got Lindor back. They got Kipnis back. But we look at just the numbers from this season. It's been a really bad start for Cleveland. You know, Jose Ramirez is starting to get it going a little bit more. But when – you know, Perez has the highest ISO on this team. You know, something's going on with Cleveland. And obviously that's the case right now. So Martin's off to a good start. He's been the one guy that's been like the, the, the rock here. But when we look at Garrett Cole, the strikeout stuff is just is phenomenal. Even this season, you know, he has a 35.8% K rate with a swinging strike rate of 16.3. And I think it's a little bit higher than Max Scherzer's. I actually think Garrett Cole has the highest swinging strike rate on the season, you know, with I think it's like 25 innings or something but um so Garrett Cole is certainly you know the top option if you're not considering anything in my opinion and you know to go to the other side of this game Trevor Bauer they gave they did a favor for him right like they they threw in a bunch of righties here and, and we know he has mu- much more upside against righties um still gives up a lot of hard contact in general but the strikeout upside is certainly here for him but Houston doesn't strike out as much so if I had to pick out of the two, I'd take Cole, but Bauer is going to be lower owned. And, you know, we're playing an ownership game today on a five-game slate. And maybe we'll show this on the screen share later because it does kind of pop as far as uh, two excellent strikeout pitchers versus two lineups that aren't going to strike out a ton necessarily outside of, like, Chirinos, who's projected to strike out a fair bit, and basically Perez. Uh, 20.4% as far as the Cleveland side. Of course, Cleveland, uh, their lineup looks better these days with the door at the top. The, the, I don't know. <laughs> Carlos Gonzalez is there. I don't know how much he has left in the tank, but uh, good for Hanley's no longer a thing. Wasn't Hanley in their team earlier this year? He's officially been gone. He's a free agent yeah. once once again. Um, it designated him for assignment. Bye bye, Hanley. Yeah, uh, you know he was a good run. Lineup, that was like two strikeouts. Back in the day, he was one of my. Favorite, I mean, I was a Marlins fan back in the day. So he was one of my favorite players, and well, he was a Red Sox too. He was on our, both our favorite teams, so. Uh, he was, a, he was a fun player to watch for sure, but I think uh, this just might be it for him. Who knows? We shall see. Uh, but Vladdy Guerrero's kid's going to be come, uh, playing tomorrow. Are you excited about that? Very excited. Did you watch Vladimir? I, I don't know if you're old enough to watch Vladimir. Oh, yeah. He yeah, was – uh, He hit everything. Like, he hit everything. It didn't matter where it was at. He hit it. What was the theory? Like, you can't walk off the island was, like, the thing they would say back in the day. Like, yeah, he – you, there was a ball that like bounce in and he would swing at it and get base hits on it. Like you, there was no way to pitch it because like you said, he, he would just swing at anything and he was awesome. And not just that, he had an incredible arm too. Uh, awesome outfielder. I was watching one of his highlight videos the other day on the old YouTube and uh, because I saw he, he sent out a tweet with him and his son. Like when he was like, basically like when he was a youngster for, for uh, Montreal and his kid was like two on the field. It was a really, really cool picture, but uh, I'm excited about the Vladdy, uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. day tomorrow. I wonder where he's going to be priced at as far as uh, that'll be interesting, I suppose. But uh, back tonight, uh, D- this is DFS TV. It's, it's daily fantasy sports. All we care about is today, not tomorrow and not yesterday, right? Uh, give so me- 
Go ahead. Uh, really quick, like chat's saying that these two guys went to went to college together and they don't like each other. So there's your narrative, Dean. I know you you're all about the narrative street. Oh, I didn't know that. Cole, wait, wait, wait hold on a second. You're telling me somebody didn't like they found a, they, they didn't like to Bauer. They found him a little difficult to get along with because he's a little ornery on the old Twitter machine, isn't he? Yeah, I know he's blocked a lot of people. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I'm actually looking it up to see if it's true. Like. Cole and Bauer both went to UCLA. Although I think Bauer might get a bad rap. Like he seems like a like a cool dude from what I've seen of him, but maybe just don't get this bad side. I don't know. That's uh, still yet to be ter- determined, I suppose. But that's interesting. If both these guys, uh, I don't know how that factors into the game. I don't know. Just, I know you just like the narratives. I just wanted to bring it up. If somebody said it. I was like, yeah, Dean loves narr- the narratives. Narratives are fun at all, but for baseball, they're mostly meaningless because, like you know, basketball, you can actually, you know, you can up your usage based upon narrative if you want to. Like you can. You know, and teammates will yield sometimes, uh, or you can just be extra aggressive. In baseball, you can't say, look, I used to play for this team, and I get your at-bat. Like, you can't just grab extra at-bats. It doesn't work that way. I think there's a, you know, if you hit out of order, it's a whole thing. It's a whole mess. The lineup card gets all screwed up, and it's automatic outs, and you just don't want to do that. Um, Marlins, Caleb Smith, he's legit. Like, he's good. He's got great stuff. He's too cheap on fantasy draft. He's too cheap uh, on DK. Uh, I will say it's not that hard to get two of the top three pitchers uh, in the lineups today because you remember all the way back to the beginning of the season when the lineups were like uh, like a DK, it was tough to make lineups. It was really, really hard because the pricing was tight. Uh, fan strap was a little bit tighter uh, than it is now. Um, but now it's just too easy. It's almost, Where is the happy median, Stevie? Because, uh, you know, people are going to play a couple Red Sox and two stud pitchers. Uh, and it's not that hard, right? I mean, I assume you built lineups today. Uh, my cash lineup right now has five Red Sox in it. Like, let, let's just be realistic for a second. I'm going to fit in as many Red Sox as I can. Um, so, yeah, I, I expect a lot of people to be playing Red Sox today, and we'll, we'll talk about that more maybe when we start talking bats. But, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this in the expert survey today, um, and Caleb Smith has kind of decreased the usage of his fastball and started throwing his um, – you know, slider and change up a little bit more. He's been super legit to start the season. So I think he's an excellent tournament play today. Um, Just looking at it, I think that we'll see a lot of people get ownership in this um, mid-tier range, but I think Campbell Smith is a great tournament play today. Yeah. I mean, last year before he got injured in what, uh, 100 innings pitched, he had a 28.3% K rate, uh, swinging strike rate at 12.2%, which is fine. Uh, and this year he's jumped back and, you know, back from injury, 33.3% K rate backed by a 14.5% swinging strike rate. Uh, you know, he's, he's not, uh, he's not really walking anybody. He's not really giving, giving up any homers. Uh, he's facing a Philly team. That's, you can argue is cold, I suppose. He's, he's shown reverse split tendencies for what it's worth. Uh, I don't know if that's going to continue. It's got a small sample size, maybe a neutral pitcher going forward. Um, maybe that's an argument for rostering a guy like Bryce Harper, who's going to be, you know, relatively speaking, for a five-game slate, you know, fairly low-owned, uh, you know, with all the concentration being in, in Boston. Again, five-gamers, so you can only hide so much as far as uh, a stud like Harper. Uh, but And he's also just too cheap. As far as your – do you mind, uh, you know, who, who's your two pitchers? Is it is Caleb Smith your second pitcher? I imagine he is. No, I have Cole and Nola in cash right now. It was really easy to build. Like, yeah. It, it's you know at the end of the day in cash i'm I'm just playing for floor i'm trying to beat 50 percent of the people so you know cole and nola are my cash game pitchers but in tournaments i'm gonna be mixing a lot of this i'm not like locked into any pitcher today i'll be mixing in some caleb smith nola bauer cole tanaka you know hearn porcello like i know i'm saying almost all the pitchers on the slate but i think a lot of this like you know, when we're looking at fantasy draft, everybody from Marco Gonzalez down, we're looking for upside there. And Caleb Smith and Taylor Hearn have the strikeout upside where Porcello and Gonzalez probably have the go out and throw deeper into the game and not give up a ton of runs type of upside. Yeah, well, Porcello That's has been – he's been giving up a lot of runs, though. And, like, in it's a revenge game for Porcello. Is your narrative street? He stinks. Um, <laughs> as, as, a, as the resident Red Sox fan, um, he sucks. But – like Detroit stinks. Their lineup, there's just not a lot of power in that lineup. So at the end of the day, like Porcello's in play just because Detroit stinks. Well, what happens when stink faces stink? Like what, what something's got to give, right? I don't know, Dean. I'll let you know um, about uh, 8.30 um, Eastern time tonight. But 
I do think like the Detroit hitters are in play more that I've looked into this slate, but Porcello is certainly somebody that I will have in my player pool as well. I don't mind, you know, on teams that I don't have my pitcher stacking against my pitcher today because there's just, it's a five game slate. And Porcello has been a disaster so far this year. Uh, you know this. And the, the thing about Detroit is not only that they, they've been bad, but they've been striking out a ton too. Uh, again, if you fire up the old plate IQ, uh, it's all red, man. 26.5% collectively as far as striking out versus righties uh, in the last two years. Porcello is not like this K Meister. He's basically league average as far as K is more or less, you know, uh, but you, you think you get, you get a bump as far as ex, uh, expectancy from the K perspective against a team like Detroit, assuming he's not getting just shellacked all over the place. You mentioned Tanaka. He's kind of on the outside looking in for me uh, just because of the, you know, the nature of the slate. But like you said, you know, you can play seven, eight pitchers today. And for sure, if you're playing 150 lineups, you should be in your pool. Uh, sell me and Tanaka because, again, the Angels are also not very good, but they do make contact. Uh, and, of course, Trout is lurking. Uh, why, why is Tanaka – like how many lineups have to make until you finally say, screw it, I'm rolling out Tanaka? Well, I'm playing five teams. Um, I haven't built anything besides my cash line up yet. Like I was just throwing out like general names. Like Tanaka is on my list. He's not my favorite. I much rather would play Nola, but so would everybody else. So yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I I think at the end of the day, like Caleb Smith will probably be likely be my Nola pivot and and like play him with Cole or Bauer. Um, Taylor Hearn is another guy that I want to talk about. You know, he's shown massive strikeout stuff in the minors. Um, you know, he's a lefty that throws hard. Um, somebody posted on Twitter today, and I was talking about it on the podcast this morning. Um, he would be, like, the third highest velocity lefty in the league if he was an everyday starter at, at his velocity. So, like, he has upside. This is a top 10 prospect in the Rangers organization. They traded away their closer to the Pirates last season for this guy. My only issue is he's super young and it's, it's a first start, but like he has the upside. He's facing a team that's either going to strike out or hit home runs. Like he's facing a team with a ton of power, but they strike out a lot. So like if you're looking for a pivot off of Caleb Smith and, you know, want some upside, like we're looking at a Seattle team with what, five, six guys with strikeout rates over 20% since the start of last season. So depending on what the lineup looks like, I, I think, you know, Hearn is a guy that I'll pitch on a team and stack against on another team. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think I'm on the other side of that, um, but I get what you're saying. Tall, lanky dude. Um, like you said, I think, it was, I think he was number nine in the organization as far as the prospect rankings, according, yep. to, uh, according to fan graphs. So I was taking a peek at that earlier today. Uh, and it depends upon the lineup. Like if you're, if you're rostering Hearn, you want Vogelbach, you want all that girth to be out there because he strikes out a ton of power but he will strike a, a ton versus uh, versus left-handers as well. No lineup just yet. That's a later game. But like you said, uh, Hanniger, Santana will strike out a ton as well, too, 30% K rate. Murphy, as far as the catcher, strikes out 36% of the time. Brett's 38. My eyes are bad, apparently. My screen's away from me. I think that's an eight. I believe it's completed. Nonetheless, it's a high K rate. Um, as far as the minors, like you said, he had, he had a fair bit of Ks. Also, a lot of walks. A lot of walks, which is concerning. So a lot of Ks, a lot of walks, and he wasn't going particularly deep either in games. Um, and he's not cheap just, either. Yeah, and just to be clear, like Seattle's my favorite stack outside of Boston today. Um, I, I do like the Mariners, but if we're just looking like Porcello likely not going to give us a lot of upside. Jordan Zimmerman not likely going to give us a lot of upside. Marco Gonzalez could pitch deep into the game and get a win, quality start, all that stuff. But he's not going to give us a ton of upside, you know, even at that. So, like, Trevor Cahill facing the Yankees team, you know, the, maybe there's a little upside there. Caleb Smith, we talked about him. There's a little upside there. But Hearn has the K stuff to, you know, provide some upside. So, even if you're stacking Seattle and making multiple teams, like, you know, I, I think it's worth looking at. It's just kind of what I was saying. Like, Seattle is a great stack today. Look at – Look at their numbers. It's green. The whole page is green outside of the K column. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of lot of power, a lot of contact, but a lot of strikeouts too. You mentioned Cahill. Uh, he's, he's certainly in play there against the Yankees. They are getting healthier to some degree. They added Sanchez. So they do have some, some regulars and like LeMahieu and, and Boyd and, and uh, Gardner and Sanchez and Torres. But, you know, still the back four is pretty brutal as far as Ford. Urshela, Talkman, Wade, those are the projected – guys and of course they're missing all their big boppers as well too 
Cahill, another guy kind of middle of the road as far as K expectancy. I just prefer Caleb Smith over him. I'm not going to make a ton of lineups, so I'm probably not going to get there. Um, you know, is, is that kind of weird? I, it sounds like you prefer Caleb Smith over, over Cahill as well. Yeah, I think I'd take Caleb Smith, Hearn, and Gonzalez over Cahill. Yeah, and again, he's like in the mix. Like, like if you're playing 150 lineups, which I'm not doing, so I'm not playing all these pitchers, but in theory, those guys should be – basically everybody but Zimmerman, like, could be in the conversation. Is that fair to say? Yeah, realistically, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, like, leverage and, like, you know, Boston's going to be the most owned stack, like, clearly. Uh, it's it's so obvious, and we'll talk about it in a second as far as the bats. Um but like I'm not gonna play the leverage play of Jordan Zimmerman. I just can't, you know, I cannot imagine doing that against this Boston team. And Zimmerman's just not very good, not a big K guy. This Boston team, you know, there are some K's in the back, I suppose, but not really. Uh, just does not make a lot of sense out of the book. Might tell you maybe throw out one in there or so, but no, I'm gonna pass. Uh, let's talk about the Boston hitters in a second before we go uh, around the horn. Let's just focus on uh, you know the Boston bats. Who is your favorite uh, Red Sox? probably Mookie Betts um if I just had to pick one like his price is down across the industry like the big discount from like Trout to Betts today and Betts is in a great spot obviously facing Zimmerman who doesn't strike anybody out really um so Betts would be my favorite but I I really like the bottom of the order stack I I think a lot of people are going to be stacking Boston today so going like Devers, Chavez, Bradley, Leon, Ben Attendi, you know, kind of wrapping it around might be something that I do on multiple teams today um, because Boston's the best team. Let, let, let's just make sure everybody knows like Boston's the best team today, but they're also going to be the most popular team as well. So potentially stacking the bottom and, you know, in cash games, I'm going to try to get as many of these guys in as, as I can, like I said, but in tournaments, I like stacking the bottom. I like maybe mixing up my stack going like one, three, five, six or something like that. So that's kind of how I'm going to approach my Boston team today. Cause I'm not going to fade them. I'm not fading them today. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the price, you know, bets, the price is down for whatever reason. Uh, again, the prices are down. A lot of guys are kind of goofy, but the idea of bets being cheaper than like Domingo Santana. Uh, and of course, again, if in tournaments, I understand why you would play Santana over bets you know, ownership percentage, yada, yada, yada. Like Joey Gallo is more expensive versus the lefty and Marco Gonzalez. And like, again, Gallo kind of like Harper is going to be somewhat lost in this slate. Again, you only can get so lost a guy with that kind of power and Gallo strikes out like, I don't know, 40% or so against lefties, but you know, Oh, he's, he definitely, when he hits it, he gets a hold of it and it gets out pretty quickly. Um, and JD Martinez is just too cheap as well. Ben Intendi's too cheap as well. Uh, I, I did my rankings today for uh, what did I do? I think all three sites, at least at least two of them, I had my dollar for dollar rankings were four Red Sox in the outfield. First four, uh, because Bradley's too cheap as well too. Like you mentioned, JBJ was really really close to having a big day yesterday. Uh, I think he hit a couple little warning track. He did end up finally getting a, a hit there in the eighth inning or so, but he could have had a monster night. Just missed. Um, he's just he's still really really cheap. <clears throat> I understand he's buried in that lineup, which is not appealing, but you'd think he's still going to grab his fourth AB even if they win this game uh, in eight innings because they should get this Detroit team. Zerman not particularly good. And, of course, that bullpen uh, not really strong either. We saw how exposed they were in the eighth inning last night. Eesh. They just uh, they walked, I think, four or five guys in a row when the game was basically already over. They, they brought a good old Buck Farmer to lock the door down, and I don't think he did. Bullpen's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. Uh, let's go around the horn. Let's uh, hit up our favorite players Position by so, position. Big T's calling me out of my hat, and I just want to be like, all right, first it's draft day, and it was on my desk, and that was the only hat on my desk for some reason, but I have a NASCAR helmet and a goofy hat, and I went with the Dolphins hat just to, you know, that that's where I ended up. Hold on, you have a NASCAR helmet next to you? Yeah. Is that something you can wear? <laughs> I mean, why are we not wearing this? Are you serious? <laughs> it's good. No. This is amazing. Can you hear me? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> how was that not your first choice man that's the joke all right well just, that was for big t <laughs> well why is he razzing you for wearing a hat i don't understand it's probably because it's a miami dolphins hat right like that would be why i would be dolphins stink but i still support my teams let me ask you uh, uh, let's not delve into the whole conversation but I, I, aren't the dolphins like allegedly supposedly like tanking for tua is that like a, a, th- a theory 
I hope they do. I like. I don't know. <laughs> you will. You're pro tanking. It's on record. No, I, like, listen. I, I'm in football. Yeah, like you know where you're gonna draft if that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I heard is that you like tanking, and that, that that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> like in football, I think it's you a different. You know where you're gonna pick. In, in basketball, you could have the worst record, and you still might not get the first pick. It's so funny though, because I would and, argue, and like, and okay, so. I'm perfectly okay with, you know, Phoenix and Atlanta and those teams tanking. They're, they're, they're terrible. Like, I if the Magic started tanking at the beginning of the season, I would have supported it at 100%, but they didn't. Um, so, at, in the middle of the season, I don't want my team to tank. If the Dolphins – I wanted the Dolphins to tank last year for what it's worth, and they went out and won, like, three or four straight games. Ugh. So, if they go out and they start winning games, I don't want them to tank. Like, go go try to make the playoffs. But if you start the season tanking, I'm perfectly okay. Yeah, it's just interesting. I think that's what you're not getting on, like, your argument either. (laughs) You're saying, like, you know, Charlotte was your argument, and, like, Charlotte was in a position where, like, they're probably not going to get the first pick, and you're like, they should still be tanking, and, like, they still had a chance to make the playoffs. But if Charlotte started the season tanking, I don't think anybody would argue with you at all about them tanking. It was more of you wanted them to tank halfway through the season when they still had a chance to make the playoffs. No, I, well, I mean, look, I, I didn't mean to go on this road. Take your I, L, Dean. Just take your L. There's no L. What's the L? Where's your your take was terrible. <laughs> my take my take is if you're a Hornets fan or a Heat fan, if you will, uh, you should root. I'm not saying this is not a tanking thing. You should root for your team not to make the playoffs when you're, you know, you're one or two games, you have a chance to get knocked out by the Bucks in the first round, or you have a chance of, at worst, at absolute worst, getting a better a better pick, uh, and at best, having get, getting yourself a player uh, a player that's going to change your franchise for the next 10 years. Or, you know, you have four shots. It's not just the one. One through four are up for grabs as far as the lottery. And it's interesting because football, outside of a quarterback that can change the franchise completely, basketball is a much better chance where one player can completely change the franchise. But uh, that's sort of my thought process. And that, like an offensive lineman is just not going to all of a sudden make a team great. It doesn't work that way. Hey, I think Aaron Rodgers disagrees with you. No, no, I said outside of a quarterback. <laughs> outside of a quarterback. Oh, I, I get what you're saying, but Rodgers is like, Juwan Taylor, come, come to come to Green Bay, the dude from Florida. Like, come to Green Bay. <laughs> um, anyway, let's, sorry. Let's, no, no worries. All good. Oh, it's a five-game slate. we got plenty of time. We'll have time to hit up the chat. Uh, if you guys are on the YouTube, feel free to load up your questions on YouTube. We'll try to get those over here into the Archie chat as well. It'll be much easier. Jessica, come over, Rotor Grinders. It just kind of cut off the middle, man. You guys are on the RG chat, of course. You know you're going to be asking questions soon enough. Before we do that, we're going around the horn. Uh, your favorite play at each position, maybe one up top, one down below. What do you have for me, a catcher? Um, I really like Real Muto at the top if you're paying up. I know we we like Caleb Smith, but Real Muto used to catch him. Um, I do think that's a thing when, you know, he's he's seen his pitches. He's seen the break. He's seen all that kind of stuff. And then we talked a little bit more in depth about this on the podcast. We don't have as much time, but I do like Real Muto at the top. Um, and then at the bottom, Sandy Leone. I, if I'm going cheap, I'm taking the Red Sox catcher. I don't care if he's hitting ninth. Like, just give me the Red Sox catcher. The other guy that, that's a little interesting is Jonathan Lucroy, um, just because he's like this almost a stone, um, the cheapest catcher on the slate. And like, you know, he's not the worst play in the world like i have luke roy in cash right now because i needed the salaries 2.9k yeah um oh i'm surprised you have luke roy over uh leona I, I thought for sure leona would well i guess well, i have i have right five reds yeah i can't play six i can't <laughs> on fantasy draft <clears throat> uh let's see anybody else that's worth by the way just speaking of his, your whole argument for real muto i guess you can make the same same argument for alfaro you know those guys are traded for each other but like remoto is a better hitter than alfaro but whatever uh, I suppose, and Alfaro has shown some pop at times, but yeah, again, contrarian play, and uh, Nola's probably going to be the highest owned pitcher, so I get it for leverage. I don't hate like a, an Alfaro one-off. I'm not, I'm definitely not frisky enough to stack the Marlins, but I don't mind that. Uh, hit me up at first base. What do you have me there? You know, I think Mitch Moreland is the chalk first baseman today for a lot of good reasons. Um, he's in a really good spot, batting third against Zimmerman. Um, if we're looking outside of Mitch Moreland, you know, obviously E5 Edwin has a, a lot of upside against the lefty. Um, he should be in the lineup. He should be batting third or fourth. Um, outside of that, like 
you know, Voight is a guy that has home run upside. I'm looking for upside. Hoskins obviously has upside, but you watched Philly yesterday and the day before against Steven Matz and um, Jason Vargas. Like, you're really off the Philly bats today. So, but for me, um, E5, Mitch Moreland, Voight, probably my likely plays at first base. If you want to go cheap, maybe Justin Bohr. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you have to you have to expect them that Philadelphia to get shut down by the likes of uh, the vaunted, uh, you know, uh, Mats and uh, Vargas. That's forgivable, isn't it? I guess, yeah. Like, no, no, not not really, not at all. No, not forgivable. Um, I had a really good stack with Philly yesterday, so I'm kind of upset with them. I had a Hoskins one off, so I was good with that. It worked out. He was for my me. highest known player yesterday. I wrote him up as my top play in extra survey. Nice done. Did you see, like, uh, he got he got his revenge, by the way. Speaking of narratives, I see Bobby and Chad talking about narratives mattering. The day previous, uh, the reliever that he faced yesterday as well on back-to-back days threw at him, and uh, Hoskins thought he was intentionally throwing at him. So he faced him again the next night, and Hoskins banged out and strolled around the base pass. I think that – I don't know if it was a joke or not, but I think they were serious that StatCast had him as the second slowest trot of all time going around the bases. <laughs> Did you happen to catch this? It was amazing. No, that's awesome, though. Just next time they play, they're gonna throw at Hoskins because baseball's dumb, right? Just, just gonna, just gonna note that. Like, uh, like why? I don't know why he can't just end right there, but it's probably not because Hoskins was kind of, he was strolling around the bases. He may have dabbed when he got to the home plate too. He may have done that. He was very excited. The bang went out. So Hoskins, Hoskins getting hit tonight is what you're saying? No, no. The it was against the Mets, so they're facing a different team. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. <laughs> uh, all right, second base, Keystone. Mets, position. Marlins are they're pretty much the same. Yeah, well, the Mets are a lot better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> second base, what do you have for me? Uh, second base is a position that, like, if I'm not paying up, I'm going to save some money here. Like, Logan Forsythe's really cheap. He should be in the lineup against Marco Gonzalez. Um, DJ LeMay, who's really cheap. Those are the two guys that I'm looking at to save some money. And then at the top, like, Jose Altuve is interesting. He'll have low ownership against Bauer. And uh, Glaber Torres um, against Cahill is somebody that I like as well. Um, outside of that, like, you know, Chavez is a guy that I'm using in, in my bottom of the half Red Sox stacks, but there's not too much standing out at second base for me. That's why I'm kind of spending down. Yeah, for me at second base, I think the lock and load, like the best cash game play to kind of make things work is DJ LeMahieu. Uh He's just yep. too cheap leading off there against Cahill and um, – you know, it's hard to get excited. I mean, again, that's not official. The lineup, that's just kind of projected lineup. But well, I'm presuming he's going to be leading off versus Cahill and pretty decent shot of getting five ABs. I know he's outside of, you know, he's not playing in cores anymore these days, but he's still a pretty solid, you know, solid stick. And uh, the price is just really, really cheap. Kind of makes things easier for you as far as uh, getting all the big bats in there. And apparently the chat's telling me that he didn't necessarily, uh, the Hoskins thing, I guess he turned his back to the pitcher at home. I thought he dabbed for some reason. I should have rewound to confirm, but I guess that's not what he did. Uh, all right. Uh, third base, hot corner. What do you have for me? Uh, Devers is obviously, you know, the, the chalky third baseman. He's cheap. He's, you know, in the Red Sox lineup. So I think he's the chalk, but I, I think there are some interesting pivots at third base today. You know, even though like we like some of these pitchers, like Bregman's the guy that has some power upside against Bauer. I think there's a little bit of like narrative street there as well. I think they were talking smack or threw at each other or something like that. But I think there's some narratives there as well. But Bregman's an interesting pivot. Franco's an interesting pivot. He's batting fifth again. We know his, you know, numbers against lefties have been good throughout his career. And game's in Philadelphia too. So, like, if you're not playing Caleb Smith, you can certainly look at some of these bats. And, you know, Ryan Healy is a guy that is making some lineups, I think, for me today. Um, you know, facing that lefty like we've talked about um that's kind of where I'm at at third base I think you can make an argument for Candelario he's really cheap off of Devers maybe a pivot um is another guy you can look at yeah that's who I was gonna say to kind of make things work uh, if you know the salary for the big boys you're talking about uh Candelario is very cheap and he's leading off for Detroit against Porcello who we've already talked about is uh not particularly good and that Boston bullpen has not been very good either and also you're locked in for nine innings no matter what the score happens to be in the ninth so pretty decent shot of grabbing that fifth at bat as well and i'm trying to think did did cleveland play houston in the playoffs that, that happened right and like is that was there a member bauer like hurt himself on a uh what is it called what are the things that fly over <laughs> take pictures and such remember he had, he had that goofy injury trevor bauer he hurt his finger 
because he had a uh, the chat's going to jump in here in 30 seconds and tell me what a schmuck I am for cannot uh, I cannot think of this word. Stevie, help me out here. What's the the, the thing that you know that, that flies over? <laughs> what is that, David? Yes, it's a drone. There it is. Thank you, our fabulous producer. It's not D Train today. D Train's got a thing, so David's filling in. Thank you, David. Uh, yeah, maybe Bregman was making fun of him for that. I don't know. Nonetheless, they played each other in the playoffs, didn't they, Stevie? I feel like that happened. Pretty sure. All right. Uh, I don't know why I got si- yeah. I don't know why I got sidetracked with that, but I was just kind of thinking about. I guess the- there's a lot to this Cole Bauer thing. Like, Bow- Cole tried to take credit for Bauer's recent success, and I guess there's more narrative there than I had even thought. So that's crazy. The chat's getting on me, not for the drone thing, not just yet. That'll probably be like you know five seconds or so. Where they're talking about the whole five ABs thing, and like the difference between four at bats and five at bats, it's a twenty percent increase in usage. That is huge. The extra bat. Oh, I love trying to get that fifth at bat. You know, that's that's a DFS gold mine. Like that's not a Dean brand thing. Like you, if you are in a one v one and you have a guy batting higher up in the lineup on the visiting team than at the home team, and they're really close in your model, you're taking the visiting team and batting higher up in the lineup. You, it's all about getting at bats. Like in basketball, we look at usage and minutes, but in, in baseball you're getting a usually a 25% chance to do something. And if we can make it a 20% chance, obviously it's increasing your odds by a lot. Okay. So Bobby knows about this UCLA. Is he talking about it in the, here in the chat, as far as those two? Uh, yeah, he, he, oh, he, 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 Bobby got to going on. He's, he's breaking it all down here in chat. <laughs> After the other day, I'm, I'm afraid to interrupt you in any way. So I wasn't sure if you were mid thoughts. So I just backed off. <laughs> I feel bad. Brick caught me on a bad day and he interrupted me like five times in the first like five minutes. And, yeah. He smashed the over. <laughs> he, he smashed the over by a lot. He smashed the over in the first five minutes of the show. It might have been an inside job or something. Who knows? It <laughs> might have been. Who knows? Uh, I, I, I felt bad. I never told him sorry, but I felt bad. Shortstop, what do you got for me? Um, now I got to remember where I'm at. Um, shortstop's an interesting position today. My favorite shortstop today is Tim Beckham. You know, I talked about liking Hearn. Um, you know, Torres is right there as well. I think both those guys are really interesting, but Tim Beckham is one of my favorite contrarian plays today. And I don't know how contrarian he'll be, but I think Xander's going to get a lot of love and maybe even Correa and maybe Andrus. And I think going down to like Beckham and Torres is smart. Um, on the cheap end, Tyler Wade, if you're just going to full-on punt it, just go on and full-on punt it, right? Just take the, the ninth hitter in the Yankees lineup and, and take the savings. He's really, really cheap. He stinks, but like you say, we live in the world of a salary cap for sure. I suppose he can help you get there. Andleton's not that much more. Andleton Simmons, I know he banged out a couple homers last night. Don't let that spoil you. That's probably not going to happen again, but he will not strike out most likely, so he's going to make contact with the ball somewhere. Uh, don't hate him again. You don't play him because you like him. You're playing because he kind of makes everything else work. Uh, let's jump to the outfield where again, like it's loaded with the socks, obviously Benintendi bets, Jenny Martinez, uh, you need some salary JBJ. Of course, there is a certain value to the outfield spot as well too. So, uh, you know, I, would rather not punt in the outfield, but you know, for sure, if you're stacking or like you said, you can talk about the back end of that Boston lineup. JBJ is definitely on your radar as well. Uh, talk to me about outfielders outside of Boston. Um, outside, outside of Boston, I think Cole Calhoun is really cheap. Um, Jake Bowers is a little interesting. We're looking on the cheap end, just looking for a home run um, against Garrett Cole. I hate to say it, but, like, I kind of have some interest in Curtis Granderson today. You know, we, we talked about batting leadoff on the road. He's batting leadoff on the road. He's against Nola, and he's in this Philly ballpark. Like, I don't need him to go out and hit doubles. Like, get me one Curtis Granderson home run he's projected to be 7% owned today, which is kind of interesting, but I, I think it'll end up being lower than that. So um, my favorite play on the slate though, is Joey Gallo. Uh, I don't think a lot of people played Joey Gallo in the lefty lefty matchup. And he's absolutely mashed lefties when he's not striking out, he's hitting home <laughs> runs. Um, and when we're looking at it, like Marco Gonzalez is a guy that, yeah, yeah, he's good, but, his strikeout rate's under 10% against lefties. So I think Joey Gallo, like I said, he's my favorite play on the slate. All right. Granderson, he's leading off. He's in the road. He's, he's not, I will not say he's locked into those five ABs. I, I don't trust Maybe him. Not. I don't know if he's going to get the five at-bats. I think he'll get four at-bats, maybe even four strikeouts. But um, <laughs> I, I'll take a value play. I'll play pretty much anybody. Like, I, I went all in on Wilkerson yesterday because he was 2.1K. These guys are like 3-3. Three, three. Like, 
you know, I want to play Nola and Cole as much as I can. So I, I goofed that Wilkerson one up yesterday. I felt bad like that getting off the show yesterday, realizing how cheap he was. And I realized it's so late. Um, but because I was upset that Davis didn't play, and I think he might have taken a Davis to spot. I didn't even realize that Wilkerson was so cheap uh, on DK and the fans draft as well. Um, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? And of course, he banged one out because the rule of DFS, whenever there's some goofy player that's like, you know, priced like that. They're going to make you pay if you don't play him. I he, was, he was 8% owned in tournaments on FanDuel yesterday at second base at 2.2K. Wow. Yeah, I think that's because we had money, right? Is that what it was? I can't remember the reason why second base was a – yeah, nonetheless. Let's uh, let's let's take a pivot as far as a little little screen share. Uh, I pulled up the lineup HQ. Uh, what did I, I wanted to show off the, uh, the premium – oh, now I'm lost, unfortunately. I got that just right. I we all know you, we all knew you were lost when you started taking um, takes on tanking. So we're oh. we know. I wanted to show off the the plate IQ premium score, just kind of speaking to Boston. You know, it, it, the the plate IQ premium score. Number one, Mookie Betts. Number two, Mitch Borland. Number three, Benintendi. Number four, Jenny Martinez. This one's kind of weird. Number five on the premium score. You know who it is? It's Nico Goodrum. Interesting. Makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, like, we haven't talked about him, and he's a guy we don't really mention too often, kind of in passing. Uh, but, you know, the Detroit side is pretty interesting in this game, too. We talked about Ken Alara leading off. He's about number 10 or so. Um, just, just you know, just something kind of look at in here. Well, let's just take a peek as far as ownership. The guy who's most likely to be owned. Uh, J.D. Martinez is currently at 39%. Of course, these numbers are fluid. They're always being tinkered with. They are uh, adjusted all the way up the lock. Benintendi, 35%. Bogert's 26 uh, yeah, there, these numbers are jumped for sure. And you know what? I didn't scroll. Yeah. Guess he's, I was like, where's bets. Maybe you scroll up there. Schmucko, uh, 45% for boot. So, okay, Stevie, I'm going to tell you like, this is an official, obviously let's say for fun, bets is going to be 45% owned in tournaments, right? Let's say that like the book says you're not supposed to play him, but it's a five game slate. There are plenty of pivots. How do we handle this number? <laughs> I'm going to have some exposure. I said, like like I said earlier, I think one of my favorite things to do today is stack the bottom of the order. I do like Seattle as another stack to kind of get away from Boston. I, I think, like, I, I think we're going to see Hearn either pitch really good, like with that lefty velocity that he has, or he's just going to get shelled. But Boston's popular for a reason. It's a five-game slate. It's just one of those spots where I feel like I'll play some high leverage one-offs or play different parts of the lineup um, for, for Boston. All right, let's jump off the screen share. Let's knock out our stacks, knock out our dongs, and let's uh, go ahead and uh, turn this over to the chat. Give them the last 10 minutes or so of the show uh, before we step aside and get out of here for, uh, for crunch time. I believe crunch time today is Roth. If you guys just tuning in now, Ross, uh, his weather tool is available for free today just kind of to get a peek at that uh as far as what's going down nothing really uh affecting so much heavily today but it is a great tool to have and i think you can order it a la carte if you want to order a la carte but if you are a premium member it comes with premium automatically uh and it's cardi and roth they're gonna be uh, joining us at uh, 6 15 on the east coast take you guys all up the lock of course they answer all your questions in chat in the premium chat that is if you guys are going to be uh, watching draw premium members and you're wondering why your question's not being answered, it's probably because you're asking it in the regular Grinders live chat. You want to jump to the premium chat link, then they will see it. Uh, favorite stacks tonight, Stevie? Boston, Bob in the order, um, and Seattle, probably my two favorite stacks. If you want an off-the-board stack, if it is off-the-board on a five-game slate, it'd probably be Detroit. Okay, give me three dudes that are going yard, three dudes that are banging out some homers. Who do you have for me? Um, up top, give me Joey Gallo. I already talked about how much I like um, Gallo today. Uh, in the mid tier, I guess it's mid tier. Give me Mitch Moreland. I'll take the chalky play there. And the cheap guy to hit a home run today, give me. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Like, Chris I, I don't... Granderson. Oh. yeah, I was gonna say Granderson or Foresight. So I'll take Granderson. Yeah, I mean, he can bang one out, I suppose. There are nice ports there in Philly. I wonder when uh, the last time he hit a home run was. Randerson? Yeah. He's, he's hit a couple this year. Has he? Yeah. I think he's, he's got to make my exposure go up on him a little bit here, Dean. I, I could be wrong on this. He has three. Yeah, All yeah, right. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Let's go, he, Granderson. He hit one on 420. There you go. 
Smoked when we got him. Recent home run, too. Yeah, here we go. He's hot. Um, He's hot. We got seven minutes. Start loading up the chat with some questions here, guys. Um, the first question I see, I'm getting trolled with my uh, – <laughs> I'm getting trolled about uh, about tanking. Because, and that's what everybody does to me on Twitter. <laughs> so, so you, you were one of them, too. And everybody makes the same tanking joke at me. You kind of you're you're kind of like you've kind of owned it at this point. So like you know you're probably gonna not hear about it. You know at least until the NBA playoffs gets over. Of course, I don't think Portland should tank. Like it, it's mathematically impossible for 26 teams to tank. Like it's just not. It doesn't. Half the teams have to win a certain number of games. You know the wins and losses have to add up to. You know uh, it's got to be even. There you go. Uh, of course, I don't think Portland should be tanking. They're also not going to win the, the 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 title. But like. That Lillard, you know, shot was amazing the other night. And, like, you know, very easy to root for, obviously. Um, yeah. Who do you have winning uh, the next round, by the way? Do you have a hot take as far as Boston, Milwaukee? Because there are some people out there that may have been lurking in this chat to think that Milwaukee is uh, a bunch of frauds, especially Giannis and Tedekupo, which, again, we're ranking bad takes. Uh, that's number one. Giannis is really good. Um, he just doesn't shoot very well. Like, he's a very good basketball player, like, all around. He just – his shot's – his shot's good until he, you know, steps behind the three-point line. But I think Boston wins that series. Uh, Uncle Drew, man, like Kyrie's really good in the playoffs. That team's yeah. really good. Brad Stevens is a good coach. Like that team's just really good. He's really good in the playoffs when he has LeBron James as his teammate. Um, he, he just did. He just sweep. Pretty sure he just swept. <laughs> swept who? I think it was the Pacers. Come on. <laughs> They're the four seed or the five seed, and they just swept. I'm just saying. I mean, okay, Milwaukee swept the Pistons with a wounded uh, Blake, Blake Griffin. Congratulations to Milwaukee. Good job, Milwaukee. <laughs> the series is going to be fun for what it's worth. Um, I'm looking forward to good old um, good old Twitter machine during that series for sure. It's going to be excellent. Like the Eastern, This is the best Eastern, Eastern Conference finals, like semifinals that we've had in years as far as watchability. And even the, the Toronto Philly series should be great. Both series should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all right. And as far as the other side, Houston, uh, you know, Golden, it's going to be Golden State, spoiler alert. It just took an extra day. Uh, Houston, Golden State, or uh, Portland versus, I guess, San Antonio slash Denver. What do you have for me? Um, I like Damian Lillard right now. And, uh, you know, Golden State's going to win any series they play in. There you go. Yeah. Uh, any interest in Beckham? There are, uh, there are two Beckhams. No David for sure. But there's Gordon Beckham and there's Tim Beckham. I'm not really sure which Beckham they're asking about. Any Beckham? Probably Gordon Beckham. Beckham. Gordon Beckham's like exit velocity this season is ranked in like the highest. Like he he's like in the top ten according to Statcast and exit velocity this season. So I have no intru- no issue taking Gordon Beckham. Um, maybe part of a Detroit stack or as a one off, but like strikeout or home run, I, I guess. Uh, from the YouTube chat, Mike Ford or Justin Bohr? Like, I think it's got to be Bohr, right? What was it? I heard Bohr and who? Mike Ford. We're, and we're not certain he's in the lineup, but we're presuming he'll be in the lineup. Both those. I guys. would take Ford. Uh, let's see. So now we're just getting some fun basketball takes in here in the chat. Uh, better SB2. You got O'Hearn, Tanaka, or, or Cahill, or Smith. I guess one of these. Smith, O'Hearn, Tanaka, or Cahill. One of those four. Can you rank those four for me? I got a ranking, but you, you can go first. I'll go Smith, Tanaka, Cahill, Hearn. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at as well, too. But uh, And when you consider pricing, Smith is the guy that's the clear-cut play for me. Uh, first baseman, Dixon. Is he getting any love for you tonight? Uh, Dixon for uh, the phrasing of that one. Uh, Dixon for the Tigers. No. I mean, he's batting fifth. He's, he's going to be very low-owned um, for what it's worth, and he's hitting the ball really well um, since getting – did he get promoted? Um, but, yeah, um, I – the only site that I would play him on is Fantasy Draft or FanDuel where I could play multiple first basemen. But he's not going to – he's not going to make the cut for me on DraftKings just looking in that price range and seeing, like, Mitch Moreland's $100 more. Um, I would much rather have Moreland or pay up for Goodrum or Voight. Can you uh, can you handle a threesome three versus three? Sure. Uh, Bogarts, Santana, and the aforementioned Dixon versus Beckham, Bradley, and Carnacion. I think it's clearly the the second one for me. Yeah, I like the second one too. Uh, this is the gross question: uh, Neil Walker or Alfaro? Like, well, 
different positions. You're not playing. It's supposed to be fantasy draft, I assume. Just an infielder, Neil Walker or Alfaro. <laughs> You're going for seeking option at C, I suppose. I would, I would take in that scenario. I think I would take Alfaro for the home run upside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not enthused about either option, but sure, I'm not going to disagree. Uh, Murphy for Seattle or Roberto for Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I, I would say Murphy. It maybe for stacking Mariners. Murphy's not in the lineup, so that one's easy. All right, came out a few minutes ago. He's not. Oh, the lefties draw the start. Navarez against her. That's weird. But uh, he is switch hitter. I believe he's just a lefty. Um, You'll be right. Uh, yeah. So Romuto, it is. Uh, all right. Let's see what else do we have before a couple more before you uh, you know knock off the worst step aside and get out of here. Tim Beckham, thank you for uh, telling us which Beckham you're talking about. Tim Beckham or Gliber? Tim Beckham. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Thank you. Lelanda and Chad is all over me. Murphy is out. Pay attention. That lineup literally just came out and you know, we're, we're doing a show. I apologize. <laughs> and the presumption was that it would be Murphy because why would they play Navarez? Uh, maybe Gonzalez and Navarez have a good chemistry. I don't know. He's got a personal caddy of some sort. Um, give me, give me a, do you have a hot take for the draft tonight before you step aside and get out of here? Or you, you, whatever, you get nothing. Nope. Don't care. I'll be watching baseball. It's like going down a mile down the road for me. Should I go or should I not go outside? Because it might be raining. You should go, you should go walk around, man. Be yeah. fun. But, you know, it's, it requires like Ubering and leaving the house and putting on pants. It's a whole ordeal. It's a whole thing, man. I don't know. Yeah, but you can go cheer for UCF to have a player drafted. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All, I mean, Griffin, I mean, you can't hate on Griffin now. You're a fan. I mean, just the story. No, yes, either Griffin, any Griffin, no, nonetheless. Nope. Well, <laughs> why do you hate UCF, man? I don't like UCF. Um, oh, we just want to be acknowledged, just acknowledge our presence. That's all we want to be. Just we want to be in, Griffin the go in the first round, though. I don't think he went in the first round either. No, um, no, he went like he went in the, the third or fourth round. He, he went late, but uh, you know, still a really good story, nonetheless. Uh, we're gonna step aside and get out of here, Stevie. It was good times. Uh, stay tuned for crunch time, which is Rolf. And uh, did I say cheese earlier? I believe I lied. If I did say cheese, it's Cardi. It's Rolf and Cardi. Uh, Cardi will tell you uh, what the bat's telling him, and uh, he'll tell you who to play tonight as far as his five gamer. Answer all your questions in chat again. Uh, if you guys are premium members and you're watching the uh, the show, make sure you hit up the premium chat. Do not use the regular Grinders Lab chat. You watch us on YouTube, feel free to like, subscribe. Much appreciate that. He's Stevie. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. We're out of here. Holler! Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. 
Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send him my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.